0: And welcome to stay in the loop with Lucy on Triple H one hundred point one FM. Now, if you haven't joined us before, then welcome. This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community, and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their decision-making processes, their consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom by discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found more sustainable, loving and heartfelt ways to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Today's show is on a topic that is likely to affect a high percentage of listeners to this show if statistics are anything to go by. Today's show is about chronic pain. Chronic ongoing or recurrent pain affects one in five Australian adults and children. And when you hit the over 65 age bracket, the figures are worse with one in three. It costs Australia at least 34 billion per year and is our third most costly health burden. It also accounts for at least 40% of forced retirements in people of working age and is the leading cause of early retirement and absenteeism. At least 40% of people with chronic pain also have depression and I suspect that that number would be substantially higher. Chronic pain is also implicated in suicides. My guests to discuss this topic are Kate Greenaway a physiotherapist working in the northern rivers area who's been working in the chronic pain field for many years and is working with a modality called esoteric connective tissue therapy that is proving to have some interesting results and Jean gamble a regular on this show who equally has worked with many clients with chronic pain and um, has seen how psychologically debilitating it is both also have life experience of pain so it has influenced the way they work with their clients now. Now I should probably share up front that I've been a massage practitioner for many years and have trained in all sorts of massage styles from the more gentle aromatherapy and palliative care, lymphatic drainage to sports massage, trigger point therapy, all sorts of even more invasive techniques, and then the least imposing esoteric therapies, which are the ones that I practice much more often now. So I've been aware of these therapies for many years and observed the difference they've made in people's lives. So I wanted to share more about the Esoteric Connective Tissue Therapy and its work with chronic pain, because the more I work and research in public health, the more I see the statistics on pain and realize we have to be part of the change we want to see, or we will become a statistic looking for pain management and potentially dealing with the side effects of that pain management and addictions. So I started right at the very beginning, really, I started by asking Kate what pain was.
1: In my work in physiotherapy, um, and I've worked with a lot of people with pain and chronic pain over the last you know, 34 years or so, um, the 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 general body work understanding or physiological understanding of pain is that the, the body is giving you messages that there is something that has been strained or damaged or um irritated in the in the tissue structures of your body. So if you're out there gardening and you're bending and twisting and your body's getting a bit tired and you're not listening to it and then you just go for that extra dig or shovel, you overstretch a little bit, the structures get pulled, then there's a response from the structures to tighten or um, contract or pull and then you get a tugging sort of sensation which stimulates pain nerves that go up your spine into your brain you get the message of pain and you go oh you know that that experience where you go oh i've got to stop i do my back's <laughs> yeah my back's going to go my back's <laughs> going to go I've got to stop yeah so it, your first instance of pain is very much a warning mechanism it's very much something that the body is giving you a message that you're overdoing it and you need to pull up and stop and either have a rest or you know change your posture or do something different or so that's initially that's the acute pain so it's getting
0: your attention it's saying hey stop ignoring me i'm going to make you listen because you might not have listened to the early warning signs
1: yeah, perfect. It's a mechanism to stop further damage in your body.
0: Right. Okay, super smart. If you don't mind me saying.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> the body's super intelligent. Yeah.
0: So what does this word chronic when does what does that mean and why why would anybody use that word?
1: Okay, so medically, chronic pain is considered if you've had it for more than 3 months. Now, don't ask me who stipulated the three-month mark, but that's just the general accepted um, uh, philosophy of treating or understanding chronic pain. So chronic just means long-term, yeah? You've had it for more than just a few weeks from, say, if you have an acute strained ankle, then it's painful, it's swollen, and then it gets better, and your pain goes completely. It's different from that. It's when the pain um, stays either at um, a chronic level, so it stays at a a steady state level, like that low-grade chronic backache that just doesn't go no matter what you do, Um, or it can be a low-lying pain that's been there for over three months and it goes up and down in response to what you do with your body and your postures and your activities. But it's generally considered a condition for longer than three months, and then medically what tends to happen is the doctors or the medical practitioners will offer you a management protocol because I've researched and researched and researched about chronic pain and there's no accepted protocol to cure pain. It tends to be, you've got this pain now, let's manage it and try and prevent it getting worse. Jean. You
0: work an awful lot with people who are coping with things that they may perceive to have little or no control over and pain would probably fall in that category, wouldn't it?
2: Indeed, it does. People perceive that pain happens to them. They don't feel that they have caused the pain. So there's a, a sort of victim mentality like oh I've got this migraine again and it's not it just comes you know yeah but when we unpack what was going on before the migraine there might have been an intense period of work or a, Uh, lack of self-care where you didn't drink enough water that day because you were very absorbed in meeting your deadlines or stress you allowed yourself to get caught up in the stress of the project or the relationship and the stress triggers that neurological pathway so that the 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 pain comes into the brain but as Kate was saying it's always a warning Mm. that you're doing it wrong and you need to do it differently
0: Mm.
2: and I think if we can bring that understanding into the listeners who might be struggling with chronic pain to say this is not happening to me I am making it Mm. and then (sighs) you can start to get some understanding of uh, helping yourself more than just feeling like you're a
0: victim of it it's a really key point that you've brought up there, um, Jean, because I know from when I'm in pain, if someone tells me that I'm responsible for it, it feels like a massive judgment. But actually, what you're saying here is that um, it's, it's about getting some support to track back um, in a non-judgmental way. What are the movements that have taken you to the place where your body has had to give you pain to say, can you stop? please whatever it might be and, and we're not always the people who have the answers we sometimes need other people to come into our lives to help us from an observer's point of view um, ask the right questions so we can tease out the pattern of behavior that's resulted in this pain exactly
2: you know i mean if you think of a little child in the kitchen who accidentally puts their hand on the stove and then the hot plate and then pulls it off that's your you kind of primal i did something my body didn't like it i have to stop doing it what kate was explaining but it gets much more sophisticated than that so i think that understanding that it's a, a warning mechanism for us to stop doing something we're doing and when we override that persistently then the the pain has to become embedded as a kind of smoke alarm that doesn't go off
0: mm. Kate, hey, Do you find that people start identifying with the pain that that they're experiencing, and that that exacerbates the pain?
1: Yeah, Lucy, that's a really great question. Um, I I I have quite a few clients who, yes, would come into me, and they've experienced and experimented with all sorts of therapies to try and. F- so-called fix the pain, which is understandable. You know, pain's not very comfortable, and you don't want it. And but unfortunately, they 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 do identify with the pain quite a lot of them, and they um, see it as that they've done something wrong. There's something wrong in their body, rather than okay, the body is telling me something. How have I been moving? what are my emotional stresses or strains? You know, like Jean said, there's a lot of layers and layers underneath pain, whether it's the headaches or the more musculoskeletal pain. There are a lot of layers of um, imbalance, if you like, in the body that can lead to pain, but they tend to just go, okay, there's a problem, there's something wrong in my, my body, I've got to fix it. So they can get quite obsessed about their pain levels And the way it's responding to what they're doing in their day-to-day activity, they just want to get rid of it. And what happens is, I'm sure Jean could um, uh, talk further on this, is the nervous system gets overstimulated because it starts getting... Um, Their whole body is tense because they get fearful of more pain. So their whole body gets tense. Their connective tissue, which is all through their body and is very essential for um, pain-free movement, gets very tense and tight. Everything is compressed in their body. So every stimulus, whether it be emotional stimulus or physical stimulus, um, can heighten the pain and they feel out of control. So they get absolutely, some can get absolutely obsessed about fixing the pain and getting rid of it.
2: And it leads, it leads to a high level of anxiety in the body Mm. because you're, you're, you're fearing, you know, the pain already is, is there hurting you and then Everything you do exacerbates it. So then you become anxious that you, the anxiety increases the pain, which increases the anxiety, and you get into this cycle. It really is a, I mean, it's a terrible thing to see people with chronic pain. Um, My heart goes out to them. And then to be told, oh, well, you're making... This, this doesn't feel very comforting but i think when we can have understanding around what it what's going on it helps us to um to let go of some of that tension that causes the anxiety mm-hmm. the understanding can yeah. be useful
0: yeah the understanding know? of the why and mm-hmm. what you've both shared when when you were both sharing i could see how there is a physical overwhelm and there's an emotional overwhelm and 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 yet you could go even bigger and saying, you know. So where is the life overwhelm? Because when we look at uh, when when you track back, the people that I know who have, say, for example, chronic back pain, they are highly anxious, but also they're really they're really uh, they're overworkers as well. They're, there's a there's a pace to life that they have gone that. Um, kind of doesn't have time for this pain as well. It's mm-hmm. you know i'm I'm just it just came to me as you were both talking that it's it's a life thing that overwhelm
1: it's everywhere what that's that's so true, Lucy. what um might also help the listeners um to understand more? What is going on in the big picture for them if they do have chronic pain is some present um, not so much with the heightened anxiety but what concerns me more is when they're in that like you were talking about the life picture they tend to become just um, given up almost you know like their their body's Because when you've got chronic pain, it's very wearing. It wears you down. It it really, if you talk about your energy bucket for your day-to-day living, Mm. it becomes so depleted, you know, like a petrol tank with a pipe that's draining your petrol away. And you want your car to go full steam ahead, but you have no petrol. And they just get really flat and listless in their body, in their physical body. There's just very little oomph and also in the way they feel about themselves and, you know as Jean could um, talk much further about it than me but it affects your relationships how you feel about yourself your own relationship with your body and all your other relationships it's a terrible a terrible thing that um, a condition uh, for people who do have it in in that chronic um, manifestation and they do they kind of sometimes come to me and go oh well i've heard that you're good with chronic pain but i've tried everyone else don't know really why i'm doing this but you know i'll give it a go once or twice and they're almost almost given up Mm. and that that i my heart goes out to them too yeah
2: kate and i think that given upness also comes a little bit or a lot from a feeling of failure You know, our current society so champions this pushing on and getting through it and getting on with it, the hard drive that we live in. And when you can't do that anymore because you are suffering from chronic pain, there's a sort of um, uh, self flagellation or blame that, ah, I'm no good anymore. So, you know, back pain is um, one of the major reasons for absence from work and so the father who carries this the men who carry this provider burden on their shoulders um who are suffering from pain and are off work then feel that they are a failure because they're not able to provide for their families and so there's this um that contributes to the mental effects of chronic pain is that self, the the failure. um, And then when you can bring the understanding that you're not a failure, you just haven't listened to the early symptoms and so they've got worse and worse, you've overridden them, and now you're in this position, Uh, it it can help psychologically if we take away that blame Mm. of and and how society perceives you as oh another compo case or
0: whatever mm. you know yeah yeah absolutely so hypersensitivity um really is hand in hand with judgment isn't it because you're super sensitive to people's opinions of you as well and uh, feeling like you are being a hypochondriac because of course no one can see it it's a an internal it's an Un, it's an unseen um and complicated procedure pain um mm. you know it doesn't you can't measure it you can measure it by someone's response to it, but you can't you know it doesn't you don't have lots of spots and therefore you can say oh they've got chicken pox um mm. it's it's a it's a different way of looking at dis-ease in the body
1: yeah totally like it's very it's actually been researched that you know, If somebody has a visible disability, like they've got a broken leg, their leg's in plaster, they've got crutches, um, people are, are more um, in tune with what their needs might be. They're more for, forthcoming in supporting them or even just walking on the pavement in a city. People are, are aware of you and they'll, they'll walk around you. But as you said, Lucy, it's like this you know, unseen black spot in your body that is there that only the person who is suffering from the pain really knows the debilitation of it for them in all areas of their life. And often their their partners, their friends, their family don't really understand it if they're not in pain themselves. So it can be so easy for the person suffering with pain to implode almost and feel really bad about themselves and have very low self-worth because they they think they've done something wrong and they you know they they're not making the grade because look at all these other people around them who are not in pain. I
2: can, yeah that um, that feeling of letting letting me I've let people down is quite strong you know or I've let myself down. So I see quite a lot of people with migraine. And there's a feeling that I can't get on with my life, what I need to do, because I can only lie in a dark room and take drugs until this passes. And it can be a couple of hours before the, the meds kick in. And um, there's a sense of failure even into myself that I can't I can't get on with my project or my work because of this. So it it it, it this that that mood because you know, chronic pain affects us psychologically on four levels the mood our sleep our relationships and also memory i mean we get cognitively impaired by the constant pressure of the pain we lose our focus we can't remember things so it actually neurologically impacts how our brain works Mm. So it, it can you know all of this is a, is true, and people out there listening to this will know, yes, that's exactly right. But what can I do about it? Um, is t- there's this thing in psychology or psychotherapy called the paradoxical theory of change. and it's it's a lot of stuff written about it, but basically it says, when we resist something and fight it, it doesn't change. But when we sit in it, and say okay this is not going to change and we bring a kind of understanding and an acceptance to it it changes that's why it's called the paradoxical theory of change and there's something around the understanding which leads to the acceptance which can lead to the surrender which then allows the tissues to let go of the contraction that was being held in the fight against the pain Mm. and even though it it might not cure
0: in inverted commas, it can bring a lot of relief. Today on Stay in the Loop with Lucy, we're talking about chronic pain with Jean Gamble and Kate Greenaway. We're looking at the physical and emotional consequences, echoing Sophie Scott's motto on Pain Australia to manage your pain hand in hand with managing your mental health. First things first is to understand what your body is made up of so we can understand how some therapies work. So imagine when we talk about surrendering your body, imagine your body being able to expand with your breath and surrendering to the fragility that comes with
1: that pain. In my work with people with chronic pain is the surrender is, yeah, all those steps come before that the understanding, the acceptance of it. The surrender is like, uh, as you say, Lucy, like a relaxed breath through your body. So for people who have been so tense for so long because of the pain and the fear or anxiety that goes with it, then their nervous system has completely shifted from the normal, steady, calm state to the hypervigilant state or the you know flight or fight response response day but there's a way that you can support your body to surrender in just breathing more gently which is your normal natural breath in and out through your nose but letting the breath go through your lungs without trapping it in tightness around your waist and having a higher higher breath like so a breath just in the upper chest so it's like you're sort of ready to um, fight or flight. Um, I, I talk my clients through a way to reconnect more to their body so that they actually feel more at ease in their body. See, it is a catch-22. The body feels so sore and so flat and so yuck. People lose their focus of and their connection with their body, so they become much more racy in their head trying to fix it but if you can support the body and the connective tissue which is the tissue in the body that holds all this tension if you can support the body to be more at ease and for them the client to be more at ease in their body and by very simple practical ways of the way you move and the way you do things at home and the way you breathe then what happens is that fight or flight starts settling Their nervous system overactivity starts settling, their connective tissue starts becoming a bit more relaxed, smoother, more fluid, there's far less compression through their body, and indirectly, there can be less pain levels or less impact of their pain condition. Could you tell
0: us about connective tissue and what that is?
1: Uh, Yeah, great, Lucy, that's a good starting point. So... A lot of people medically and physiotherapy, osteopaths, everywhere, they only understand a part about connective tissue. Connective tissue is really, really important to understand in what it is and how it supports our body. So connective tissue is the foundational tissue of our body. When you're a baby, you're all connective tissue. And then when you develop the, and grow, the connective tissue develops into brain tissue or bone tissue or muscle tissue ligament tissue the fascia that gene was referring to are sheets of connective tissue that are between layers of muscle that tend to hold us up you know keep our skeleton and our trunk in balance and it's much more than that it's within the organs it's It's basically everything in your body. Uh, So it it has a really important role in communication so the body knows what's going on with all the different organs. They balance in their working together. If you stub your right toe, you walk in a slightly different way to compensate for that. Via your connective tissue and its communication through the whole body, your left shoulder even knows about your right toe. Um, It transports... um, uh, white blood cells very supportive for your immune system. It supports your your hormonal system with the transport of hormones and biochemicals. It's it's much more essential for our natural abundant vitality than a lot of people are aware of. I've studied it for a lot, and I've worked with the connective tissue for about eighteen years, and I have done studies on people with chronic pain with connective in working with the connective tissue. And it it makes a significant change in the impact of their pain conditions.
0: Amazing. So um, they they can find out about some of the work that you've done, some of the studies through esotericconnectivetissue.com website. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, no, it is correct. But the actual website is esotericconnectivetissuetherapy.com perfect
0: so um, tell us about some of the people that you have worked with where you have seen this physiological change and and obviously Jean will bring you in to maybe talk about you know some of the people you've worked with that have again um, even been open to considering a a more a connective tissue way of working whether that's with um, because there are other ways of working with connective tissue it doesn't have to be esoteric therapies isn't that correct
1: um yeah there there are many different approaches to working with connective tissue but i've experimented with practically every modality that you can over the years and the problem with the um, standard approach working on the connective tissue is that it tends to be too hard tends to be too forceful so because people have Practitioners tend to think connective tissue is more fibrous, it's a bit tougher, you've got to get in there and release it with knuckle massage or quite firm massage or big stretches or whatever. Connective tissue is very sensitive, Mm -hmm. it's very responsive to over-pushing, over-strain or even emotional strain. That's where we tend to hold that underlying tension in our body. So what I've found over the years is the more gentle you are, with the body, and the way that you enhance the natural um, fluidic flow in the connective tissue. Like, if we talk about the energetics of the body, there's a beautiful flow of energy through the connective tissue, yeah? So, energy moves through the fluid, and so if the body is more fluid, then you've actually got more of that. Um, you know, the, what I was talking about before, the battery pack, your your energy levels are going to be more heightened because your body is more fluid and flexible, allowing an energetic flow through the tissues, allowing a, a smoothness and a space so that the joints can slide and glide and not be in compression. So the problem with the traditional way of working with the connective tissue is that it can be a bit functional and mechanical and forceful rather than gently assisting the normal flow through the connective tissue with gentle movements on the body. Mm. And
2: people with with chronic pain are already in that heightened sensitive state, you know, so they need to feel safe. Mm. And that for the mind to actually know that somebody there really understands and will be extremely nurturing and gentle with you, so when you when you go and see a person who's working in with the connective tissue therapies they they're very very concerned with making you feel nurtured and safe and there's already a letting down of the nervous system when you lie on the table you get a hot towel put on you you get warm pillows put on you there's a sense there of of that that cocoon of safety and holding which is very um conducive to letting go of the contraction that is causing the pain in the first place.
1: Very true.
0: And I really feel the importance of the practitioner here because, I mean, I've trained and and I need to uh, do a caveat that I have trained... Um, in massage for many years I've done uh, connective tissue myofascial release and a whole load of other things and and I too have found that the esoteric connective tissue therapy works on a whole different scale to a lot of those therapies that I had learnt and the Trigger point therapy, which was thoroughly painful, <laughs> very good for yeah. immediate relief, but not very good for um, for relief beyond getting out of the room. It was quite funny. I felt that the body was really good. It said, "Okay, um, I someone is going to just." impose pain on me to get me to relax I better play dead and relax and then when I get out of here I can reconfigure myself to actually do the coping mechanisms that were working just fine um, before the pain was (laughs) inflicted Um, but what I love about what you've both shared is that If the practitioner has felt in their body what a smooth, a flowing connective tissue feels like, what it feels like psychologically to not have that tension in the body, they can support the person to breathe both physically and emotionally in the same way and it is it's not a mental process of I'm going to put a warm towel on you. It's actually that there's a greater understanding of what that warm towel represents and what it says to the body.
2: So Lucy, what, what you're, what, where you're going here with this is what in psychotherapy is called uh, field theory. And it's this energetic web. of It's sort of like connective tissue, but it's an energetic web between all of us and current research now is um is showing this up in cameras and they've got photographs that actually show this energetic field that connects all of us and surrounds all of us and and we emanate into this field and so if the practitioner is already consciously being relaxed and gliding and smooth then that emanates and is picked up by the energetic field of the of the client so there's a kind of osmosis that goes on between Mm. you Mm. and it's quite commonly used now in psychotherapy this field therapy that the field of the therapist influences the field of the client
1: before you've even said anything Mm. yeah very true like i i have over many years of working with um the connective tissue and esoteric connective tissue therapy my body has changed the way i move has changed i'm way more gentle with myself more more supportive for my connective tissue to be more flowing uh, flowing that's a good one i just made it up more fluid and flowing yeah so that when i move around my client or in the room i'm not you know, knocking things, I'm not hard, I'm not pushing. So as Jean says, that gives off some really, when I'm moving gently, when I'm open to the client, I'm really meeting them in terms of where they're at and what they've talked about. And then as they lie down on the table, I'm supporting them to be as relaxed as they possibly can. But the way I move and the way I am in my body gives off vibes, if you like. So if I was to come into the room and I was there with my client and I just had a big argument with my partner, say, and my body's tense and I'm angry and I haven't expressed all this stuff, then I'm giving off all these tension vibes and the client's just going to sit there tense as going what is this woman coming at and I don't want her to touch me yeah. so the the responsibility of the practitioner and the way they live their lives and the way they are and the way they move their body is really really essential in supporting a client not only in the physical sense but in the non-physical cues as well.
0: When you consider that chronic, ongoing or recurrent pain affects one in five Australian adults and children and that over 65 the figures go to one in three, this is a conversation we really need to have. We've been talking so far about how it's possible to to feel pain in the body and yet surrender to feeling that pain in order to get underneath it, to feel, to build your movement and your flow back in your body, and to learn to trust that you can move without that pain dominating your every movement. Our emotions play a really large part of this and and it builds a tension in the body, how what feeling is transmitted through our energy field around our body babies pick up on this so well but you know what how do we test that theory i can't help feeling that people with chronic pain are highly sensitive to anger and to resentment kind of that bitterness that that the resentment of their condition so they they might have a lot of that from from suppressing how they're feeling and not being able to express and it's it's just built up into this, this suppression. A lot of um, the blogs that I have read and the, the articles that I've read have really spoken about the good person getting pain, and the explosion of that um, being met by someone else who equally is suppressing, and when, we, when you spoke about field ther- therapy gene, Babies are very honest. They do not have the social niceties. And if they're around someone who's angry, very often they will cry and not want to go to that person. They feel it and are honest about, you know, thank you, but no thank you. But whereas a practitioner working with a client, if you are desperate for a cure, you will put up with a practitioner who's coming across as as angry and perhaps perhaps, um, do yourself... Uh, more harm by not speaking up than if you had spoken up yeah it doesn't even have to be an angry practitioner
2: it's just a busy practitioner you know if you're if you've got in and out in 20 minutes you know your your sessions are short and your clients are in the waiting room and then somebody takes extra long you've got this build-up and everyone's session now is going to be later than the one before and there's a tension in you as the as the physio or the practitioner even that is enough to contract your own connective tissue it's like oh my god it's it's just and now the next client also wants to tell you a long story and you know that you're already an hour behind and there's four in the waiting room it's sort of like oh and that kind of pressure is transmitted through the field so it doesn't even have to be angry it can just Mm. be the pressure of the normal Mm. day
0: so supportive for everybody, isn't it, to have this understanding mm
1: -hmm. of what we don't see. Mm -hmm. It's so true. You know, I've worked in so many different clinics, private clinics, hospitals, um, clinics overseas, Europe and here. And when I was in my late 20s, I was working in a very busy clinic in Sydney. And just as Jean said, we had somebody every 20 minutes. So it was insane. I mean, by the time the person got... Undressed, told them you had story, got undressed or didn't didn't undress, got on the table, did whatever. you'd literally only have five or ten minutes of actually therapy time. And that pressure was enormous, and I ended up with my own chronic pain condition, low neck, low uh, the back of my neck, low down, into between my shoulders, into my shoulders. It was awful. And I had that probably for eighteen months that condition, and slowly I came out of it when I took myself into a different work environment with much less pressure and I um, started looking at being a bit more gentle, a bit more self-caring with myself and not put so much pressure on myself emotionally and physically. And, you
2: know, when the practitioners, how they work is causing chronic pain while they try and cure clients of chronic pain. Mm. <laughs> what have we got? It's, it's a bit, you know, mm. it's not an ideal model.
0: So... Um I'd love to get some idea from both of you what would be how how does how does someone start if they've listened to this and they've gone you know what i i really need I, I would really be open to considering that but um w- but I might not be able to get up to where you are as a uh, as a practitioner. What can I do for myself in my day to day while I um, while I experiment uh, and test this theory?
2: It's a very very good question, Lucy. And from from my perspective as a psychotherapist, um, a lot of it is about your own mood regulation. So you have to watch yourself for stinking thinking. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: it, I love it,
2: uh, and falling into those negative states. And I, I, I once fell off. From, I used to horse ride in my past life, and I once had a whopping fall off a horse that was going at full pelt, and I, I broke one rib and cracked two others, and um, it was excruciating. And they said it should take six weeks. Well, six months later, it was still painful. And it gave me great insight into what it's like to live with pain. And um, I I thought maybe that's why I got it, because prior to that, I'd always sort of never really had any pain and didn't really have much understanding for people with pain. It was before I was a therapist. But um, so that stinking thinking of there's nothing I can do about this and that spiraling downward into a depression, because of the nature where chronic virtually means incurable and so you can you can throw your hands up and say well It's incurable. I've got to live with this for the rest of my days and the effect of the painkillers on your um, On your system because of the kidneys having to process all of that uh, It can also be debilitating Mm -hmm. and so you can just talk yourself into a very negative state so I would say one of the things to watch out for is keeping yourself occupied, taking the focus off the pain, using your medication as much as you can, seeking something like connective tissue therapy, and also orthobionomy is another very, very gentle um, modality that works with the connective tissue. And it's a it's sort of thing where you... It, like connective tissue therapy you go in the practitioner puts their hands on you. You fall into a kind of Coma or you go to La land and you come out and you feel wonderful But when someone said what did they do you say? I don't know because I just sort of drifted off into some place far away <laughs> But it felt wonderful
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> And so getting that but honestly looking at your lifestyle what you've set up how much stress you're living under and really taking steps despite the pain, to address those issues rather than falling into that given-up energy that Kate was talking about earlier. And, you know, I understand that there is reason to be given up, but it's not helpful mm. to fall into that.
0: What you've just said there about your stinking thinking, it's okay to be angry or it's okay to be upset or it's okay to, to feel frustrated and resentful but don't deny it but equally it's not helpful so find out why
2: yeah don't dwell on it don't repress the feelings but don't also allow that downward dragging spiral
0: Hmm. okay
1: and the way in terms of um that's that's that adds a whole nother understanding and dimension to to people that Um, for people and listeners with chronic pain and that's what i would add to that is which supports what gene is saying is we underestimate how important the way we move and the way we are in in our body is in terms of shifting the focus on you know negative thoughts so know the bottom line is your connection with your body if your body if you don't want to have a bar of your body and you feel horrible about your body then there's that creates a tension if you actually allow yourself to feel even though you've got chronic pain you can still feel actually quite lovely in your body and i know this might be challenging to some listeners but it's very true i've experienced it many times myself with chronic pain and so hundreds of my clients and if you shift the way that you um, move and the way you are with your body, then you start connecting a little bit more and a little bit more with your body and not be fearful of your body or feel negative about your body. You know, if your body feels crap, we're going to feel crap. Mm. If your body feels more light and smooth and flowing when you move, you're going to feel light in yourself. It, It really is common sense. And the way I present it or support people is get them to just do very, very simple things in, within their day, very practical things like every so often stop and, you know, can you feel your ribs moving in and out with the rhythm of your breath? Is your lower tummy relaxed so that the breath is going down more into the lower part of your lungs rather than being caught and up tight higher up? Um, yes, it is great to get the therapies, but particularly, I just wanted to clarify. it's called esoteric connective tissue therapy, not just connective tissue therapy. There are many connective tissue therapies out there. And that is the therapy that I find is the most supportive of all that I've used. And I've had lots of it done on me. Mm. But you need to know or support yourself in your day-to-day life. How can you be a bit more flowing in your body and more gentle so there's less tension and less compression and indirectly, perhaps less intensity of pain. But there is, we all have a natural quality of gentleness in our body. So when we move more uh, smoothly, more flowing, then that kicks in that natural quality. You know when you're, say, an adult and you're holding the hand of a toddler and you're just walking with the toddler. I watch people, I treat babies and toddlers too, but I watch people with toddlers And the adult, no matter how tense they are, they naturally go into a more relaxed, gentle state and they walk with the toddler. I mean, unless they're angry and they're, you know, pulling the toddler. But generally, they're with the toddler. They walk gently. They're they're holding the toddler's hand more gently. So they go into that naturally. They don't think about it. They don't go, oh, I have to be more gentle because I'm with this toddler so there is that natural quality in us
0: Mm, i know that when i've had chronic lower back pain actually i won't call it chronic acute lower back pain i have had to stop and be much more gentle with my body i treat myself i should probably write about it because it's just it i can still feel it so clearly in my body um it's it seems like a gift Uh, you know part way through when I get over the the pain the initial pain but I am so much kinder to myself I don't I don't uh, you know if I'm getting the the cling film out of the drawer I will open the drawer in a way that's much more aware of how I'm using my body because there is a certain part of my body that is uh, more attuned to pain I might react to it so I'm far more careful about how I open how I take something out the the weight of what I'm lifting how I turn around to another part of the kitchen where I might be using it you know the weight of the um, frying pan that I'm lifting or saucepan I might ask someone for some help in order to do that rather than struggle through myself and every time I say why can't I have this level of care and attention for myself when I don't have the pain? Because it feels so much kinder to myself to support myself in this way. Yes, it's so beautiful how you've described
2: that, Lucy. And I would add that our
0: culture, the
2: society we live in, does not support that kind of mindset Mm. they say grab the frying pan put it on the stove get the oil you know it's sort of we're so driven um, and we're not taught to slow down and be aware and conscious of what our body needs how we could treat it kindly and lovingly and that's kind of where the pain comes from is that lack of care
0: mm. today on stay in the loop with lucy i'm talking to Jean gamble and kate greenaway we are talking about chronic pain It's been quite a show so far. We've gone through the physical, the emotional, the energetic. We've talked about the way we live and our stinking thinking affecting our chronic pain, the impact that it has. It's a relationship with our day-to-day living, our thought patterns, and perhaps how they can hold us back. So perhaps we could ask... If we have taken off a pair of glasses today and opened up to the possibility of another way to manage our pain and to deepen the relationship with our body, then how do you make a decision about what you're going to do next? Now that these glasses have gone, and now that you can see that potentially there might be another way, what decision are you going to make about what you do next? When you're both talking about Undoing patterns of behaviour, it's it starts with simply paying attention to how you move in in your day to day and bringing a different level of awareness to it. Perhaps some glasses have been taken off or some mist is cleared in this conversation. What you do in the next ten minutes could lay a foundation for the next hour, and that may lead leave have planted a seed that you could come back to as you nurture it. And I would add that thoughts are a movement. Mm. So if we're watching our movements,
2: like you've just described around the cling film in the draw, you can also watch the movement of your thoughts. And if they are negative and crippling and, and, you know, you can actually say to those thoughts, I don't want to think you, I want to think about, being more loving with my body Mm. it's very difficult to say no to something in the body it's better to give it an option you know like a toddler if they want something and you don't want them to have it don't ever take the scissors away because there'll be a fight you get some sticky tape and you offer them the sticky tape while you take the scissors away yeah Mm. and then they kind of don't notice that the scissors are missing because their focus is now on the sticky tape Mm. so It's the same with the thoughts. You can't say, I'm not going to think that anymore, because then there's a sort of void. So you have to say, I'm going to think about being caring and loving towards my body, rather than that negativity that was there before. Mm. So if you think all your movements are now being careful, you're being careful with them, include thought in that movement range. Mm.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's beautiful, Jane. And also what I would love to add is that when you you're observing your thoughts then you become a bit more detached from them and you don't identify with them so much and the same thing as when you observe how you do things like say in the kitchen lucy you know rather than just go a bit hard and fast with your body and pick up the fry pan without any um observation or concern about how is that is that too heavy or um do you really want to be doing that at the moment What it brings in is that sort of observation and that sort of care for your body brings in your body's response. The body is incredibly intelligent. It has its own intelligence and all we need to do is be a little bit more trusting of it, work with it not against it it's our friend not our foe and when we actually start being more caring and moving more gently and being more considerate of what we lift or how our postures are when we lift um, the body via the connective tissue responds tenfold back so if you're a bit more kind to your body your body will give you you know it will come ten steps back to you to be more relaxed, more at ease. Because when you move in that gentle way, the connective tissue immediately starts going, oh, thank God she or he is with us again. We can just soften. We don't need to tighten up in protection. So it becomes more smooth. It becomes more fluid. There's less compression through all your joints in your body. And your body starts slowly, slowly, slowly to unwind from the chronic tension. which is often behind the chronic pain. Mm. And you know, that kindness that you described so
2: beautifully there and how that translates, it can be in your your movements but also in your living, the way you live your lifestyle. So that kindness extends to what am I going to eat? Because when you've got pain, there's a kind of... um, uh, you want to you want to not feel.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: want to not feel how miserable it's making you, and so then you'll go to some numbing substance. Mm-hmm. It could be could be alcohol. It could be overeating. Could be undereating. But all of this is in again a cruelty to yourselves, a cruelty to the to the. The divine body we've got, mm. and but it's understandable to want to feel like that because of the pain niggling away at you. But it's a kind of another level that this pain's asking you to go to, is to say, despite the pain, I'm going to cook a nourishing meal for myself. Mm. Because eating badly or numbing the pain with overeating or any other substance or behaviour, it's. I, I used to play God off and i would find people on the first tee taking four painkillers before they tee off to get them through the the first nine holes and then take another four painkillers to do the second 18 holes and i would say did you think about not playing today and they'd say no no i've got to get my weekly golf in. you know it keeps me alive and i'm thinking well if i were yourselves i wouldn't feel loved Mm -hmm. that the gulf is more important to the mind than the actual kindness to this body that serves us so beautifully if we treat it with respect and kindness. So those areas where we can bring that element despite the pain, I'm not saying that I don't understand the pain is there, but still consider being loving and kind in terms of your lifestyle, what you eat, how much sleep you get, how you move, how you sit, what we know how you treat your body and in your relationships, because relationships are a big cause of stress. And unhappiness between people leads to more unhappiness, leads to tension, anger, resentment, and just pure insulting each other. And so, When you're living with pain you are you could people say oh she's so difficult since she was in pain or he's he's hard to be around and That means there's a you've you've actually got to work at creating a more loving environment in your relationships because of the pain
0: Hmm.
2: So there's those areas in the when kate was talking about movement It's those all those movements in those areas. We call them movements how you express in relationship It's like you want to take your pain out on the person nearest and dearest to you because that's who we can get away with it You know, you wouldn't speak to your boss like that, but you can get home and speak to your husband Because you've had this pain all day. Yeah, and so it's really being mindful being aware of the love and the kindness to all aspects of ourselves Mm despite the pain and that brings about that lack of ten- the lessening of the tension in the mm. connective tissue
1: mm. yeah. and I love that Jane so what you're bringing is that it's, it's a, a very very um, uh, multi-layered sort of condition you know like it's not just that area of body that is in imbalance and that's causing pain there are so many layers behind chronic pain condition and so it it needs a much more holistic in the true sense of the word a more holistic approach Um, and and you need support you know people can't do this on their own and they shouldn't be expected to so you do need support you know like um the people that i've treated over the years with chronic pain the way that they start becoming more aware of their body, to view their condition as uh, an actual opportunity for them to heal on many levels, emotionally, physically, and energetically, then it changes their whole attitude to their condition. And they might go to a really great naturopath and get more understanding of um, great nutrition to support their condition so that they eat foods that are less inflammatory you know there are some foods that increase inflammation that are more acidic. that's not my field, but um, you know I've had a um, support with a great naturopath myself. and so I get more understanding of the foods that support me and nourish me, as Jean said, you know, and then there's your relationships and and that area of your of your life. it's It's holistic and it should be, and it's a great opportunity for healing on many levels. I've seen so many of my, clients absolutely transform in not only their physical condition but how they view themselves their own relationship with themselves and others so clearly
0: reducing pain is a national health priority we could consider ourselves part and parcel of that call to action couldn't we the prevention model suggests that we put self-love and the ability to discern what we say yes and no to higher up the list of priorities the daily moment by moment Daily moment-by-moment practice of self-care is more than just a tagline or a wish list. Prevention needs to be a willingness to action, a willingness to action, and then action. <laughs> but most of all, I reckon we need to bring understanding first and foremost. We have free will to go to the pace that works for us and to see the modalities and the practitioners that work for us, and and do that all within our own capacity. This show made me really consider how relevant the reflection of the connective tissue is to the interconnectedness of us all. And I'm really grateful to Kate Greenaway and to Jean Gamble for joining me once again. Yeah, a big thank you to them for being part of this show. So again, coming back to our interconnectedness, it's just like the inside of our body, isn't it? When we connect to each other's essence, The body has no interest in borders or genders or in the man-made divisions of religion, nationalities and races. It's our arrogance to separate our connectivity and from the world around us, leaving us all in a very precarious position for our own health and well-being and, of course, the well-being of our environment. We can't consider ourselves in isolation anymore, in, in my view, and really that is the passion that I bring to this radio show. Tune in live on Triple h 100.1 at 8.30 on a Sunday morning or you can listen later in the day via the Stay in the Loop with Lucy podcast or wherever you get them. Don't worry, I'm on iTunes, Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and TuneIn at the moment. Once again, it's always pertinent to remind ourselves that whatever has always happening in our lives, we are and will always be us, constantly learning but underneath and in our essence, amazing. The key is to reconnect with that space and learn to build a relationship with our body that holds that essence so we can recognize when our body's trying to tell us something is not quite right, and then seek support with the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health. By listening and responding, we can build tools to address what we do not yet feel equipped to manage. Because of course, we most likely do have the skills, we just don't have the confidence to apply them and look for support in the community. It is there. So, time to open up to that support and learn to trust again. That way, we don't wait for life to come to us. We take ourselves to life and be the change we want to see. Till next week's show, be kind, be caring, be loved, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay In The Loop With Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. This is Funky Fabulous. With Rachel Kane and Benjamin Hurt. See ya. There's simply more to